For me personally, when I have a really good idea, I kind of feel my whole body goes warm. I feel adrenaline surge through. It's the same feeling of almost panic when you think you might miss a flight or you've misplaced something really important. It's that, but in a good way. You're listening to Via Airmail, hosted by me, Michaela Lindsay. This is a podcast where I share the ups, the downs, and the messy in-betweens of running my business, starting some new ones, and figuring it all out as I go. And welcome back to Via Airmail. This is episode nine, and this is actually the second episode in a two-part series. So if you haven't listened to episode eight about all my experiences and my history so far as an entrepreneur, you're going to want to go back and listen to that because I'm probably going to mention a couple of things. And who doesn't want to hear about how we decided to sell Arancini and how I made my first money selling pictures back to my relatives. In this episode, I really wanted to go over the seven things that I've learned so far in my history as an entrepreneur. This is by no means an exhaustive list. It really is, you know, if someone sat me down over a cup of coffee and said, what are the things that come to mind that you've learned so far from your experience? This is kind of that list. And I've committed to, you know, a podcast a week for the next couple of years. So I'm sure there'll be plenty more things that I'll learn and I'll share with you. But this is kind of where I've got to so far. And I think as always, it's important to show up and be open and honest about the things that I have learned so far and be open to new things coming my way. So let's get into it. This is everything that I've learned from my small side businesses, my big business, which is my wedding photography business, and even a little bit from my career in innovation. So let's get stuck in. Number one, look for potential. For me personally, when I have a really good idea, I kind of feel my whole body goes warm. I feel adrenaline surge through. It's the same feeling of almost panic when you think you might miss a flight or you've misplaced something really important. It's that, but in a good way. And I think I've trained myself to notice that feeling when it shows up in maybe smaller or milder ways. And it kind of makes me go, huh, that's a good idea. Or it's, oh, why, hmm, why doesn't that exist? Or like, oh, I'd buy that. And so I think Over time, I've sort of trained myself to find that potential, but it is an active practice. You almost have to be quite open to accepting those ideas and dare I say it, those like frequencies. I don't know how frequencies work, but you almost have to kind of like say to yourself, I'm open, what's out there? And so in the past, I've found potential in moments where I've gone, well, I could do that or... Well, I could do it better than those people for sure. And that was definitely what I felt with with wedding photography. Not necessarily that I could do it better than other people, but that, oh, I, I could definitely do this and I could do this and I could provide value and I could show up and I could do this job and I think I'd really enjoy it. And that's a really interesting feeling. Maybe I should explore it and start something. Or there've been moments, for example, with the Arancini business where it kind of hit me in the face and I went, oh yeah, this is the thing that we're going to do. People would love this. I would love this. I would buy this product. Why doesn't it exist? We're doing it. So yes, I think some people might call it looking for a niche or a niche, which is a pronunciation that I can't quite wrap my head around or seeing something that someone else is doing going, yeah, I could do that or I could do that in a slightly different way or in a better way. But the whole point is that you have to be looking for potential. You have to be looking for those moments of like, whoa, this could be something. And you have to allow yourself to think that it could be something instead of stopping yourself short and going, well, someone would have thought of this idea already. Or if other people have done it, there's no room for me. You need to practice stopping short of those negative thoughts and just dwell in the potential for a little bit, because that's really where the best ideas come from. So number one, look for potential. 
Number two, you've heard me say this on the podcast before, it's a personality trait of mine, overcommit and power through. You're never going to be ready. You will sit there tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. You're never going to be ready to launch a product, a business, a service, but you have to overcommit and power through. You have to tell people publicly, I'm launching my website in a month. You have to sign up for a market. You have to offer four free services of the thing that you're trying to do. You have to overcommit and power through. You have to trick yourself into moving past that fear or that, well, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. It's never going to be ready. And this is something that I'm telling myself all the time. So just commit to something that feels slightly crazy and slightly out there and you will just power through. You'll figure it out. You will know what to do and how to do it because you'll have no other option. So please don't wait until you're ready. Say yes to something, put something out there publicly and power through. Number three, do it well from the very beginning. And this might sound like it's in contradiction to number two. And I don't mean that everything has to be perfect, but do things well from the beginning. Do things at least at 70 to 80% well. This is something that I saw with our Arancini business. Even though it was just a market stall, we had a very clear brand. We had professional photos. Obviously I took them, but we had professional photos. We had good social media presence. We offered good service from the very beginning. And this is the same thing that happened in my wedding photography business. By the time I got my first booking, I already had a website. I was already saying to the world, hey, I'm doing this thing and I'm doing it well and therefore you should trust me. So no matter what you're doing, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to do it well from the beginning because... Because number one, you and your business idea deserve that level of quality. It's a legitimate thing that you're trying. It might fail. That's a completely separate thing. You deserve to do things properly in the beginning. And number two, your business is just going to grow and be more successful from the get-go. And that's how we were able to start a food market stall and sell it for 10 times what we put into it four months later, because we did it well from the very, very beginning. Number four, be kind. Kindness in business is sadly something that's not spoken about very often. We're all familiar with cutthroat and competitive, and it's really not the best place to be vulnerable and be scared and to start something new. Being kind is one of my photography business's brand values because when I work with kind people and kind suppliers, the experience I have is so much better. Fewer things go wrong in my business. There is less need for refunds and kind people know kind people. So if you start your business or your venture from a place of of kindness and not a place of fear of someone's going to steal your idea or, well, what if I share this with someone and they're not going to tell me where their supplier is from? If you start from a place of kindness, a lot of the really nasty elements of a business can almost be avoided. And remember that your business is impactful. Whether it's big impact or small impact, if you are dealing with your customers and your clients and your suppliers in a kind and genuine way, that's going to make running your business easier. And who on earth doesn't want that? So be kind. Number five, undercharge and overdeliver. Now, again, this one slightly controversial because I do 100% believe in charging what you're worth and valuing yourself. So I'm not telling you to not charge what you're worth, but I am telling you to undercharge and overdeliver just the right amount so that you feel confident in the work that you are handing over. There have been some situations, especially in my photography business, where I might be doing a new type of photography that I'm not very experienced in and I've overcharged. And that 
that tension and that fear of me not being able to deliver something that's going to match what I'm charging has led to me doing poor work and being concerned and panicked about what the client's going to think. And it's not a very good mental health space to be in. So if you need to, especially when you're starting out, to give yourself a break, to let yourself do your best work and to run your business in the way that you want and the way that you can, you should undercharge and over deliver. If you're not comfortable with undercharging in the beginning, which is absolutely fine, then you need to at the very least over deliver. Charge what you're worth and over deliver. And that's where I'm at with my wedding photography business now. I 100% charge what I'm worth because I know the experience I provide and the experience that I've had over the last eight years is worth the value that I'm charging, but I still over deliver. I never take the fact that someone is willing to pay me money for a service I'm providing for granted. And I will still over deliver on service and on kindness and on the fact that I'm doing things well from the very beginning. And that's always gonna set your business aside from others. So if you need to, undercharge and over deliver. Number six, don't be afraid of money. If you're wanting to be an entrepreneur and not just someone who happens to have a business that happens to kind of maybe make a bit of money, you need to get comfortable with money quickly. You need to know your figures. You need to know your sums. You need to know how much things are costing, what your profit is, what your break even is. There's a tendency, especially in the creative industry for people who run creative businesses to operate quite comfortably in what we call feast or famine. So when the going is good, it's really, really good. And when things have dried up a little bit, yeah, not so great. That might be an okay way to run a business. Like you might be fine. You might survive. You might pay the bills. It's not a good way to grow a business. And it's definitely not the way to be an entrepreneur where you're running a business that can sustain itself without you killing yourself with work. So know your money. Don't be afraid of it and use it to grow and build your business. And the last point, number seven, not everyone is you and that's okay. And what I mean by this is you're going to have certain skills, certain interests, certain habits that are going to be the thing that makes your business more successful than someone else's. And so this might be your personality. It might be your brand. It might be a very particular product or service that you're offering. In my case, it's that I'm obsessive about really clear strategy and doing a lot of things really well. And that's not a sexy thing that I do particularly well. It involves mostly a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of YouTube videos. But I also know that when I've compared in the past my business to someone else's business in a very similar industry, that's the thing that I'm better than them at. And so that's going to be my secret sauce, my superpower. And there might be other people out there who are much better at branding or growing their business on Instagram. Instagram or being a great personality for their business. And that's okay because not everyone is me. And if my special super secret power is that I am killer at spreadsheets and killer at strategy and that I can take on a lot more than most people, then that's my superpower. And that's fine. And I shouldn't ignore that by looking at someone else and wanting what they have. So I think as early as possible in your career and in the businesses that you grow, you need to find out what is the one thing that you can do better than someone else. And it might not be sexy. It might not be upfront. But if you can harness that, it's going to lead to success for your business. So stop comparing yourself, hire people for the things that you're not good at and focus in on what makes you you and what is going to make your business a success. So that's my last point. Not everyone is you and that is totally okay. So I hope these seven things that I've learned over my small businesses, my failed businesses, my successful businesses have been helpful for you, maybe insightful for you, or at the very least, maybe given you confidence that you're on the right path or on a similar path to me. And you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing those things. In which case, yay for us. Yay for us indeed.
As always, I let you know what I'm working on in my business so that you can experience and learn along with me. I'm coming to the end of some creative business coaching that I've been having over the last six months, which has really helped me uncover a lot of limiting beliefs and limiting behaviors that I was doing and really helped me see my value and my path forward as an entrepreneur. And has probably been one of the most impactful things I've done in my life. And so I've seen what an impact having that space, that coaching space has really done for me personally as an individual, as someone who runs a business. And I've now joined another group, which is doing a similar thing, but more focused on the business side. It's a group of incredible female entrepreneurs who are all striving to grow significant wealth so that they can have impact in their communities. And it's scary and it's exciting and it's overwhelming, but I've worked so incredibly hard on me and everything that holds me back from being a good business owner and running successful businesses. And I'm now excited to look at my businesses and see what I can be doing to improve them and to grow them and to scale them. And so that's just something that I've recently decided to invest in and I thought I would share that with you because that's what we do. And so if anyone is interested, my coach that I've been working with so far is Mark McGuinness, and he has a great podcast called The 21st Century Creative, and he does incredible one-to-one coaching, genuinely life-changing. And the community that I've just joined now is run by Rachel Rogers, who has a business called Hello7, and she is all about coaching female entrepreneurs to build significant businesses and significant wealth. So I'll pop those links in the show notes. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at Michaela Karina. You can sign up to a every two weeks newsletter that I send out at MichaelaLindsay.com, which is where you can find the show notes, or you can also find them in the description below. If you would like to send me a voicemail about something that you're struggling with or something that you'd like some advice on, please do. You can either send this to me via Instagram DM, or there is a handy little link in the show notes where you can record a message. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this on whichever delightful podcast app it would just cheer me up it would brighten my day to see more people listening along and that's it for this week i'll be back next wednesday with a new episode bye